Welcome to ReachMD. This medical industry feature, titled Staying Ahead of Progression in RMS, is sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, and the presenter has been compensated for his time. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Timothy West from the Rocky Mountain MS Clinic in Salt Lake City, Utah. In today's program, we'll first be learning about progression in relapsing multiple sclerosis, or RMS. To start things off, let's introduce ourselves to a hypothetical progressing relapsing MS patient. Jess is a 41-year-old science teacher with an eight-year history of relapsing MS. She's tried two treatments since her MS diagnosis and is currently on an oral medication she started two years ago. In terms of her MS activity, Jess has not had a relapse in the past year, but her last MRI did reveal one new gadolinium-enhanced T1 lesion and an increase in her overall T2 lesion volume. She has recently experienced mild motor deficits, such as weakness in her right leg, and has trouble concentrating when organizing lesson plans for her class. Let's take a look at why Jess may be experiencing increasing disability. As MS progresses, disease activities such as relapses or MRI lesions become less frequent, while disability level continues to increase in between relapses or MRI activities. Neurodegeneration becomes more prominent as the peripherally driven inflammation declines. Thus, treatment goals in relapsing MS may change as the disease progresses. Looking back at Jess's MS history and the changes including her increasing disability and cognitive difficulties, we find that her disability level is a score of 3.5 using the Expanded Disability Status Scale, or EDSS. A score of 3.5 might seem low, but for patients like Jess, it's never too early to stay ahead of progression. Now let's talk about Mazent, Saponamon, the first and only oral disease modifying therapy studied and proven to delay disability progression in a more progressed relapsing MS population. Indication. Mazent Saponamod is indicated for the treatment of relapsing forms of multiple sclerosis, MS, to include clinically isolated syndrome, relapsing remitting disease, and active secondary progressive disease in adults. Important safety information. Contraindications. Patients with a CYP2C9 star 3 star 3 genotype in the last six months experienced myocardial infarction, unstable angina, stroke, TIA, decompensated heart failure requiring hospitalization, or class 3-4 heart failure, presence of Mobitz type 2 second degree, third degree atrial ventricular block, or sick sinus syndrome, unless patient has a functioning pacemaker. Please see additional important safety information throughout this podcast and full prescribing information on reachmd.com slash relapsingms. Now let's take a closer look at Mazent. The dual mechanism of action of Mazent targets S1P1 and S1P5, two key receptors thought to play a role in relapsing multiple sclerosis inflammation and neurodegeneration. Mazent reduces the migration of lymphocytes into the central nervous system by sequestering the lymphocytes in the lymph nodes. This sequestration of lymphocytes is reversible. Within the EXPAND trial, lymphocyte counts typically return to the normal range in 90% of patients within 10 days of stopping therapy. The possibility of severe exacerbation of disease should be considered after stopping Mazant treatment. Patients should be monitored upon discontinuation. The elimination half-life of mazin is approximately 30 hours. The mechanism by which mazin exerts therapeutic effects on MS is unknown, but may involve reduction of lymphocyte migration into the central nervous system. Next, we can look at mazin within the central nervous system. 
Mesin is a small molecule that readily crosses the blood-brain barrier and may have direct effects in the central nervous system independent of its effects on peripheral lymphocytes. Now let's review the clinical data of Mesin and EXPAND, which was the phase three trial. This actually is the largest clinical trial to date in progressing relapsing MS patients. EXPAND enrolled 1,651 patients with a mean age of 48 years and an average of 13 years since their diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. 36% of the patients had one or more relapses in the two years prior to the study, and at baseline, 21% of the patients with available imaging had one or more gadolinium-enhancing lesions. The average EDSS score in EXPAND was 5.4, and 56% of the patients did require a walking aid upon entry into the study. Mazin was proven to significantly delay relative risk of time to three-month confirmed disability progression, or CDP, by 21% in the EXPAND trial. The effect of Mazin was not statistically significant in patients with non-active secondary progressive MS, although Mason had a significant effect in SPMS patients with disease activity. A separate post hoc analysis evaluated the efficacy of Mason in delaying disability progression in the active subgroup of EXPAND. Within that active subgroup, Mason reduced the relative risk in time to three-month confirmed disability progression by 31% as compared to placebo. Disease activity was defined as the presence of relapses in the two years before screening, with no relapses within three months before randomization, and or one or more T1 gadolinium-enhancing lesions. It's important to remember that this analysis was not corrected for multiple comparisons, and therefore, no conclusions of statistical or clinical significance can be made. So please keep that in mind when viewing data from this post hoc analysis of EXPAND. Looking at the two key secondary endpoints, Mazin did not significantly delay the time of confirmed 20% deterioration in the time 25-foot walk test endpoint. Mazin reduced the expansion of T2 lesion volume at 12 and 24 months versus placebo, but in the EXPAND trial, a pre-specified hierarchical analysis consisted of the primary endpoint and the two key secondary endpoints. Because the time 25-foot walk test was not significant, all endpoints analyzed after this endpoint were not corrected for multiple comparisons, and no conclusions of statistical or clinical significance can be made. Please keep this in mind when viewing this data from the EXPAND clinical trial. The time to six-month confirmed disability progression was studied as an additional secondary endpoint of EXPAND. Treatment with Mazin resulted in a 26% relative risk reduction in time to six-month confirmed disability progression versus those patients on placebo. No conclusions of statistical or clinical significance can be made. In terms of additional secondary relapse and MRI activity endpoints, treatment with Mazin resulted in a 55% relative reduction in annualized relapse rate, an 81% reduction in the number of new or enlarging T2 lesions, and an 86% reduction in the number of new gadolinium-enhanced T1 lesions. Mazin was also studied across exploratory cognitive endpoints. Treatment with Mazin resulted in a 21.3% overall reduction in the risk of having a sustained decrease in the simple digit modalities test score of at least four points. At 24 months, a 2.48 point difference was seen between the Mazin and placebo groups. Mazin did not show clinically meaningful differences from placebo in the brief visuospatial memory test, revised score, and the paced auditory serial edition test score. 
Infections. Mazit may increase risk of infections with some that are serious in nature. Life-threatening and rare fatal infections have occurred. Before starting Mazent, review a recent complete blood count, CBC, i.e. within six months or after discontinuation of prior therapy. Delay initiation of treatment in patients with severe active infections until resolved. Employ effective treatments and monitor patients with symptoms of infection while on therapy. Consider discontinuing treatment if patient develops a serious infection. Cases of fatal cryptococcal meningitis, CM, were reported in patients treated with another sphingosine 1-phosphate, S1P receptor modulator. Rare cases of CM have occurred with Mazent. If CM is suspected, Mazent should be suspended until cryptococcal infection has been excluded. If CM is diagnosed, appropriate treatment should be initiated. No cases of progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, PML, were reported in Mazent clinical trials. However, they have been observed in patients treated with another sphingosine one phosphate S1P receptor modulator and other multiple sclerosis MS therapies. If PML is suspected, Mazen should be discontinued. Cases of herpes viral infection, including one case of reactivation of varicella zoster virus leading to varicella zoster meningitis, have been reported. Patients without a confirmed history of varicella zoster virus, VZV, or without vaccination should be tested for antibodies before starting Mazent. If VZV antibodies are not present or detected, then VZV immunization is recommended and Mazen should be initiated four weeks after vaccination. Use of live vaccines should be avoided while taking Mazent and for four weeks after stopping treatment. Caution should be used when combining treatment, i.e. antineoplastic, immune modulating, or immunosuppressive therapies due to additive immune system effects. Macular edema. In most cases, macular edema occurred within four months of therapy. Patients with history of uveitis or diabetes are at an increased risk. Before starting treatment, an ophthalmic evaluation of the fundus, including the macula, is recommended and at any time if there is a change in vision. The use of mazent in patients with macular edema has not been evaluated. The potential risk and benefits to the individual patient should be considered. Bradyarrhythmia and atrioventricular conduction delays. Prior to initiation of Mazent, an ECG should be obtained to determine if pre-existing cardiac conduction abnormalities are present. In all patients, a dose titration is recommended for initiation of Mazent treatment to help reduce cardiac effects. Mazent was not studied in patients who had, in the last six months, experienced myocardial infarction, unstable angina, stroke, TIA, or decompensated heart failure requiring hospitalization. New York Heart Association Class 2-4 Heart Failure. Cardiac conduction or rhythm disorders, including complete left bundle branch block, sinus arrest or sinal atrial block, symptomatic bradycardia, sick sinus syndrome, Mobitz type 2 second degree AV block or higher grade AV block, either history or observed at screening, unless patient has a functioning pacemaker, significant QT prolongation, QTC greater than 500 milliseconds, arrhythmias requiring treatment with class 1A or class 3 antiarrhythmic drugs, reinitiation of treatment, initial dose titration, monitoring effects on heart rate and AV conduction, i.e. ECG, should apply if greater than or equal to four consecutive daily doses are missed. At the end of the EXPAND core study, patients had the option to roll over into an open-label extension, or OLE. In this study, mazent patients could continue their mazent therapy, whereas placebo patients in the core study would switch over to mazent therapy as well. In an interim analysis of the OLE study, time to six-month confirmed disability progression, SDMT, and annualized relapse rate only were assessed. 75% of Mazen patients, which is 824 patients, 
continued on Mazin, and 73% of the placebo patients with a number of 400 patients switched over to Mazin. The mean exposure of Mazin for all patients was 39.4 months, and 18.5% of all study patients reached the five-year Mazin milestone. Please remember that the analyses in this section have not been adjusted for multiple comparisons and no conclusions of statistical or clinical significance can be made. Consider open-label extension study limitations when interpreting these results as well. The open-label extension study was not blinded, not controlled, and included inherent self-selection bias for remaining in the trial. Please keep this in mind when viewing this data from the EXPAND extension study. An interim analysis of the EXPAND extension study of up to five years showed sustained benefits of early treatment with Mason. Patients who started earlier on Mason showed a 22% relative risk reduction in the time to six-month confirmed disability progression versus the placebo switch group. Additional extension study results showed sustained benefits of treatment for up to five years. Patients who started earlier on Mazin showed a 23% overall reduction in risk of decrease in SDMT score versus the placebo switch group. The simple digit modalities test was the only cognitive assessment conducted in the extension study. A 52% relative reduction in annualized relapse rate for the continuous Mazin group was also observed as compared to the placebo switch group. And patients who started treatment on Mazin earlier saw a reduction in annualized relapse rates versus patients who switched to Mazin later from placebo. This visual is displaying adverse reactions that occurred in 5% or more of the patients taking Mazin and at a rate of 1% or more higher than in the patients receiving placebo. In the EXPAND core study, the most common adverse reactions with an incidence of 10% or more were headache, hypertension, and transaminase increases. Adverse events led to discontinuation of treatment in 8.5% of patients treated with Mazin and 5.1% of patients receiving placebo. The adverse events displayed in this visual here were those that occurred in 3% or more of the patients taking Mazin in the core and extension studies. The EXPAND extension study showed a safety profile consistent with the core study based on the listed criteria. In summary, Mazin has a dual mechanism of action in multiple sclerosis by targeting S1P receptors 1 and 5, two key receptors thought to play a role in relapsing multiple sclerosis inflammation and neurodegeneration. The mechanism by which Mazin exerts therapeutic effects in multiple sclerosis is unknown. Mazin is the first and only oral disease-modifying therapy studied and proven to delay disability progression in a progressed patient population in relapsing multiple sclerosis. Respiratory effects. Mazin may cause a decline in pulmonary function. Spirometric evaluation of respiratory function should be performed during therapy if clinically warranted. Liver injury. Elevation of transaminases may occur in patients taking Mazint. Before starting treatment, obtain liver transaminase and bilirubin levels. Closely monitor patients with severe hepatic impairment. Patients who develop symptoms suggestive of hepatic dysfunction should have liver enzymes checked, and Mazin should be discontinued if significant liver injury is confirmed. Cutaneous malignancies. Long-term use of S1P modulators, including Mazent, have been associated with an increased risk of basal cell carcinoma, BCC. Cases of other cutaneous malignancies, including melanoma and squamous cell carcinoma, have also been reported in patients treated with Mazent and in patients treated with another S1P modulator. Periodic skin examination is recommended. Monitor for suspicious skin lesions and promptly evaluate any that are observed. Exposure to sunlight and ultraviolet light should be limited by wearing protective clothing and using a sunscreen with high protection factor.
Concomitant phototherapy with UVB radiation or PUVA photochemotherapy is not recommended. Increased blood pressure. Increase in systolic and diastolic pressure was observed about one month after initiation of treatment and persisted with continued treatment. During therapy, blood pressure should be monitored and managed appropriately. Fetal risk. Based on animal studies, mazent may cause fetal harm. Women of childbearing potential should use effective contraception to avoid pregnancy during and for 10 days after stopping mazent therapy. Posterior reversible encephalopathy syndrome, PRESS. Rare cases of PRESS have been reported in patients receiving a sphingosine-1-phosphate S1P receptor modulator. Such events have not been reported for patients treated with mazent in clinical trials. If patients develop any unexpected neurological or psychiatric symptoms, a prompt evaluation should be considered. If PRESS is suspected, mazent should be discontinued. Unintended additive immunosuppressive effects from prior treatment or after stopping mazent. When switching from drugs with prolonged immune effects, the half-life and mode of action of these drugs must be considered to avoid unintended additive immunosuppressive effects. Initiating treatment with mazent after treatment with alemtuzumab is not recommended. After stopping mazent therapy, zapanamod remains in the blood for up to 10 days. Starting other therapies during this interval will result in concomitant exposure to zapanamod. Lymphocyte counts return to the normal range in 90% of patients within 10 days of stopping therapy. However, residual pharmacodynamic effects such as lowering effects on peripheral lymphocyte count may persist for up to 3 to 4 weeks after the last dose. Use of immunosuppressants within this period may lead to an additive effect on the immune system, and therefore, caution should be applied 3 to 4 weeks after the last dose of mazent. Severe increase in disability after stopping mazent. Severe exacerbation of disease, including disease rebound, has been rarely reported after discontinuation of an S1P receptor modulator. The possibility of severe exacerbation of disease should be considered after stopping mazent treatment, thus patients should be monitored upon discontinuation. Most common adverse reactions. Most common adverse reactions greater than 10% are headache, hypertension, and transaminase increases. Please see additional important safety information throughout this podcast and full prescribing information on reachmd.com slash relapsingms. Thank you for joining me. This program was sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. If you missed any part of this discussion, visit reachmd.com. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.